Welcome to Awkwardly Talking About Things with Edward and The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. I'm The Rock yeah. in this situation. Oh, it was important to outline that because, I mean, people wouldn't know. Yeah, you're, so. like, stuck between me and a hard place, Edward. <laughs> Great use of that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Metaphor. <laughs> Throwing it in there. I like that. <laughs> um, can we just please uh, tell people who may or may not be listening to this right now um, yeah. that we no longer live in the same country? Yeah, which is probably why there's been such a huge gap between us recording um, episodes. Yes. Um, which is we... not to say that we haven't been, like, still pondering awkwardly, but... No, we've definitely I been mean, thinking about things, just yeah. separately. Yeah, just ne- never had a chance to actually talk out loud. Yeah. Until um, now. And and it's been sad, and I have been missing you, and... Aww. Are you having a moment inside no. our podcast? Uh, no, because um, I am emotionless and able to... Because you're a to... rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's an unexpectedly great title for this episode. I mean... Yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah. I guess, yeah, because um, we're talking about empathy. Yeah. Does, um, does empathy have limits? That is a difficult question. Do you want to bring us in? Yeah, well... Empathy, first of all, is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. Um, But I feel like most of the research that I did, people were just like, empathy is problematic. Like, oh my God, everyone had a problem with empathy. Why so many problems with empathy? I don't know, because I was always like, well, I guess I always felt like it was a really positive thing. Yeah. I was always told you should be, you should empathise. You're a good person if you're able to empathise with somebody. Yeah. Did but, you feel that? Um, I've actually, no. Not oh. necessarily. <laughs> like, yes, maybe it's a good characteristic, but I don't think it's necessarily something that I've strived for within my life. Because okay. I think that it can be compromising. Oh, so you agree that it's problematic? Um, I agree that, yeah, to some extent, it's problematic. Maybe if it's if it's too much. Okay. It can be debilitating and also compromise rationality. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into why it's problematic. Okay, according to experts. Yeah, so many. So many experts <laughs> that were just like, prob- problematic. That's, that was like the title of each article that I read. What? Problematic? Yeah, problematic. <laughs> Empathy, problematic, (laughs) colon, empathy. Empathy. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) Uh, Well, what's the number one problem? Well, I think that the most, um, the biggest problem that everyone has with empathy is that it seems to be extremely biased. Mm. Um, Let's have a read. First of all, there's this guy called um, Bloom. I forget his first name. I think it might be Paul. I don't know. Yeah, Paul. Um, and, and he says that empathy is narrow in its focus 
rendering it enumerate and subject to bias, and it can motivate cruelty and aggression and lead to burnout and exhaustion. There is, like, that's hugely problematic. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Why is it leading to cruelty? It depends on your point of view. Like, I guess if I think about, like, especially in America, but not just America, like a lot of places at the moment, there's, like, this huge push to be to empathise more with your own country and your own people rather than people outside. Mm. And then if you're, like, you know, slightly left of centre or, like, extreme left of centre in politics, you kind of want to be... I don't know, I think that it's... People are generally empathising more with people outside of their country. What? Oh. Wait, so if you're more left, then you empathise more with people outside your country? Do you think so? I think so. Like, as compared well, to I people mean, not, inside not your country? Just, or just, like, like not, more so than people on the right would empathise with people outside of their yeah, country? Yeah, like, I mean, as, a, like, a, a, a balance, like, the people right... The more conservative people, I think, tend to empathise more with their home country and their family and friends. Mm. But it's not to say people of the left don't do that, but I think they have more empathy for people outside their country, like refugees, minorities and immigrants and things like that. Also, this is a huge generalisation that I'm making in general. My research is kind of like based on, you know, a case study within the country. So I've been talking to people and a lot of them seem to kind of respond um, in a way that is dismissive towards other people um so it's kind of like correct like they're more stick to themselves and like their own community yeah we were just talking about how um what for example this is just an event like you were talking about the orlando massacre oh yeah happened last year and you were saying how you felt like you empathize with that so much more than you have ever with like any previous um yeah, uh, any any major shootings. tragedies, yeah. Because, because why? Because they're like you're part of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, and because I could because I was able to put myself into those shoes and see that that could easily have been me. Which I yeah. Okay, so that is that empathy is, is it being able to project yourself into the position of that person. Well, so well, I can only feel empathy for them because I understood their well, situation. Like, well, the meaning of empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. And I think that's kind of like putting yourself in their position. So I think Mm. it is empathy. So anything else would be... Like you could feel sad about something. Is that sympathy? Yeah. But is sympathy just feeling sad or sorry for someone and empathy is like actually understanding? Understanding the situation that they're feeling. Yeah, I think so. Okay, interesting. Um... Also, other scholars are saying how um, there's this huge claim that's, like, mm-hmm. backed by research that um, we're not... Um, we're kind of psychologically wired to feel empathy for, like, smaller groups. Mm. Like, there was, like, heaps of, like... Um, uh, like, basically, as soon as it becomes, like, a mass thing, like war or, like, I don't know, a bigger amount of lives taken for example Mm. we kind of don't empathize as much as if it was just one person as an Australian like you and I would know every time that an Australian soldier dies it's like this huge like national thing Mm. and 
there really hasn't been that many Australian soldiers that have died, like, compared to the USA. Mm. In the States, like, there's just so many deaths that it, it's got to the point where I don't think anyone can empathise anymore. Oh, that's because, interesting. Because it's just... So, so even though they are Americans, they, they're not able to have the same yeah, level of... the number is too huge for people mm. to, like, be able to, you know, empathise. I think there is something to numbers, really. Because, mm. firstly, if it's one person... And it's you're coming to it from like a media perspective. You're encountering like a human interest type story. Like there's a background on the person, you can yeah. see them as an individual. Whereas if it's like a mass thing, then they become numbers, yeah, as opposed like, to individual humans. I can think of an example of that too. Um, do you remember in the news when? Okay, first of all, I'm talking about like Syrian refugees here. Mm. Um, how many of them are, like, trying to escape and how many of them are, like, trying to go to, like, Europe and stuff like that. There's so many people and it's such, like, a big thing that I feel like people have disconnected. But do you remember that image of that boy that, like, died at their boat overturned at sea and he died? Yeah. He washed up on the shore and there was just that picture of him and it was, like, such, like, a sad image of the little boy dead on the beach shore. That's really true because visual images are very powerful like that in terms of Mm. provoking empathy. Yeah. Um, particularly in terms of, like, if you look back to the Vietnam War, because that was one of the ones where um, there was more media reporting and you could actually see things that were happening as opposed to having having things kind of communicated to you through propaganda or whatever. Um, oh, and so there were okay. actual images which meant people were more, like, began to protest because they could see the actual effects. Yeah, um, I guess because previous to the Vietnam War, like, it wasn't that accessible... Yeah, so if you're humanising people on the other side of an, a war, then you're less yeah. likely to... I don't know if I'm skipping forward here, mm. but it kind of... If we just quickly jump forward to this t- idea of empathy being a choice... Yeah. And I think you were telling me earlier about um, an example of people being told to be... Oh, yeah, the, the experiments experiments because think about like a soldier their job is just to do what they're told and like that involves killing people sometimes but yeah i don't know if you're sometimes you see in like soldier movies and things and you see people empathizing with the other person that they're fighting against but i think it becomes really rare really rare because you know soldiers are taught like they're bad and you have to kill them and do exactly what i say and they don't like humanize the enemy yeah, so there's an ability to disconnect or connect. Yeah, so that makes me wonder, is empathy a choice? Huh. Do we, like, have control over empathy? Like, I mean, I would I say yes. Cause are some like, people more... I mean, like, I don't know. Do some people have more empathy than other people? Because, yeah. Because, you know, there are, there are psychopaths and sociopaths that, like, apparently don't have empathy. Right. But I think you can disconnect. And I, I think... Yeah, you're right. I think um, you can. Like, okay, so I personally, like, have a tendency to disconnect once, um, like, in, in politics, if a, if somebody comes into power that I'm not happy with and I know that there's going to be a whole series of terrible changes, I'll totally... Uh, but dis- do you think it's because you feel like you can't do anything? So you're like... Yeah. Well, it's what's like the a point? self-protection. Yeah, okay. I think. It, for a, I, I wonder if that's, like, a, a thing, that, a choice, or if that's, like, a human thing. Like, if it happens to lots of people. Yeah, I, I think it's a human thing. You know, in the case of, like, um, 
charity donations yeah. and how usually you have to donate money. I feel like um, people can show more empathy if they secretly know that they don't have to donate money. Do you think that? What do you mean? In some cases. Like, you know, there are some people that have enough money to be able to or are okay with donating to charity, but there's a lot of people, like, that don't even want to engage or listen to someone talk to them about something and don't even want to, don't even want to empathise at all because they know that they have to give money. Ah. Uh, if you they... Okay, so... That makes sense. So empathy in that case requires some kind of, like, actual action on their part. Yeah, and so it's a choice because they don't want to empathise because they know they have to pay money. But I feel like if they knew that they didn't have to pay money at the end, they might choose to be... More involved. More more involved, yeah. If there was a different call to action. Yeah, you're right. So, okay, going back to when you were talking about the soldiers. Yeah. um, One thing that I was going to say was that it's quite curious how whenever there's like an accident like an international accident like a plane crash or whatever the media will report specifically like the number of people who've died but the australians who've died they'll tell you about them they'll be like yeah you know there's been like 200 people killed but five of them were australians and then they'll give you the background on the australians as if and suddenly, everyone in Australia is like, oh, this is such, like, a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, man. As, as if, like, nationality has some kind of bearing on value or worth of it's, a person. It comes, back, it comes back to that, like, being part of a group or culture, right? Yeah. But does that so, give na- nationality some kind of a value? Like, because you have that nationality in common, that gives you the ability to empathise with people, whereas it would have maybe less of an effect on you otherwise and you would be unable to empathise because it's just, like, a whole bunch of numbers. Or it's somebody very different. No, I think it's true. Like, I mean, I don't particularly, like, call myself a very proud Australian. Like, I'm not, like, yeah, Australia, because that's really disgusting to me. Mm. But, um, (laughs) like, I have to admit, like, I'm currently working at a, a backpackers hostel and when Australians come in, like... For some reason, mm. I think I'm, like, 20% nicer to them. Really? Like, 20, like, if there was, I don't know why, like, it's dumb. Like, I'm nice to everyone, <laughs> but I feel like I'm, like, 20% nicer to the Australians. Yeah. But, um, because, like, I don't know, I I talk more, like, I'm more comfortable You have more, like, shared references. Yeah, we have shared references, exactly. But I feel like if I was at the hostel and something bad happened, like, just say someone came and, um... You know, something common is, like, sometimes the airline will lose someone's baggage and they come to the hostel and they don't have their luggage and they're, like, Mm. really stressed and, like, um, you know, they don't have anything except, like, their carry-on. And um, I feel like if they were Australian, I think I would empathise a little bit more. Ooh, yeah. Probably. Probably. And I'd be probably... Like, it's my job to help them, but I feel like I would want to help them more. Aww. Which is dumb because I'm not... I'm not one of those nationalistic, proud Australians. <laughs> like, I have, I know a couple of people that um, are friends of mine and they're in the military and they're very, like, Australian, yeah. And they, like, I know, I have a friend that flies an Australian flag in their front yard. Mm. Like, that's Australian pride. But, like, I'm so not that. But I still feel that dumb sense of, like, kinship and I feel like I'm, 
I would empathise with them more over other people. Well, I think that follows in with a quote, because I was just looking at your Facebook before, and I noticed that you'd quoted something, um, which is about shared ideological values. um, Yeah. And I think that nationalism or, like, you know, shared Australian values is, like, a specific culture um, that you can, like, relate to and you can have shared understanding with each other based on that and empathise. But your idea about ideological values shared, I thought was quite interesting, if you want to. Do you mean the one about, like, universities? Uh, Something about bringing together, like, panels of people with, you know, like, you know, Muslims and everything. Yeah, so it was actually a quote about, um, it was kind of a a joke about um, the political left Mm. and how... um, uh, you know, the politically left are known to be quite progressive and, um, you know, characteristically very, like, welcoming and, like, um, accepting of, like, refugees and, like, they want more... They believe in diversity and they, they want more for women and, like, um, people of colour and, like, Latinos and gays and Muslims and everything. Mm. Um, and the quote was about universities and how universities are basically the bedrock of progressive values, but the one kind of diversity that they lack is ideologically ideological and religious. Mm. And, like, there was this quote where we're fine with people who don't look like us as long as they think like us. Mm. Which I thought was I think super interesting. Yeah, so true for the political left. Yeah, but I... But I'm, I also think the political right want you to think like them as well. Yeah, I think so too. But because it kind of... It's not quite the same as that nationalist kind of, you know, like, cultural sameness, but, you know, ideological sameness is... Yeah, it's huge. You know, if somebody clearly shares the same values as you, you're obviously going to be able to relate to them more. And even if they don't look like you, then you're you're still searching for that. Yeah, you're right. I think. And I think that's what we search for in every group that we're in, in in society. Which is, I guess, that whole social media thing, especially with Facebook, is... It's really hard to find people outside of that, and you you find you it's because it presents a particular worldview that's quite similar to your worldview because you're looking at feed, which is a compilation of people who you've made friends with who are similar to you generally. You don't yeah. get exposed to other ideas, which means that you you know you're unable maybe to that's, kind of um, relate to them. I think maybe that's how Twitter's different because I think on Twitter you get exposed to more um, people's different views. That's true, actually. Um, if we skip quickly, I have an example here of when empathy is a choice, and I think it is often quite a choice in in business. The example that I have is the Ford Motor Company, Mm -hmm. and how they, um, there was, um, a few years ago they made their, um, engineers, who are mostly male, Mm -hmm. um, wear this thing called the empathy belly, which was like a simulator that helped them know what it's like to be pregnant. So, like, gave them, like, back pain and, like, bladder pressure and, like, extra weight. And it was so that when they sit in a car, they can understand how, like, it felt for a pregnant woman to be in their car so they could, like, engineer it to be easier for them. Right. And I think they also similarly did one for, like, elderly people. So, like, it was an age suit or something. I guess that's, like, a really good example of when empathy is a choice. Yeah, a really active choice in order to, like, better address your consumer base. Yeah, such an active choice. And I think that um, 
in our current day and age. I think that empathy is, like, such a huge raid. Like, it's all the rage at the moment in terms of, like, um, uh, design. Like, design was another one that I that I thought of and, like, innovation and things like that, like architecture. Mm. I have a friend that um, is into architecture specifically um, aimed at uh, disabled people. Oh, and yeah. And so, like, she's really um, highlighting how a lot of architecture is really ableist and, like, you know, tiny homes and all this, but, like, they're not suited to people with disabilities. Okay. Do you think that... Because this is quite a physical thing, like, with the pregnant belly and the age suit and, like, addressing disabilities. Is that a different kind of empathy? Hmm. Like, being able... Are there different kinds? Are there different kinds? Like, an active empathy and like or like a um a direct empathy and like an indirect empathy or something or like a yeah like a subtle empathy or like an innate empathy or something mm. yeah it's interesting is um empathy like an emotion oh um or is it a um or does it provoke an emotion empathy yeah, I'm I think sure. it would be generally qualified as an emotion, but it's not really you. Because um, okay, this is a interesting point. Mm. Um, I think empathy. This is ties back into how it's problematic. I think empathy can make you feel sad if you think about like I don't know mass shootings. Mm. Um, but empathy can make you feel anger. There was a, another quote by Bloom, how caring for one person can foster baseless aggression towards another. And he said, I'm not usually in favour of killing, but I'd make it a decep- an exception for the leaders of ISIS. Mm. And I'd feel a certain satisfaction if they were wiped off the face of the earth. Mm. And I think that's because we feel empathy for the victims, right? Yeah. So, like, that, that kind of empathy provokes, like, an anger mm. in me. And also, when I see, like... Um, when I see all these, like, the footage of war and the footage of um, victims of um, anything, first I feel very sad for the victim, but then I think I also feel angry that, you know, at the people that are doing this. That's, yeah, okay. Yes. So I think maybe... So empathy is just kind of like having the emotional responses of the person... Oh, uh, maybe because that's what empathy is. And living Being their able to anger. understand how they feel. Yeah. Empathy itself, the like the act of having empathy, whether or not you're like conservative or quite left, um, is a good thing. Like a, like morally, ethically good to empathize. Um, yeah, I think so. But I would question that because you could empathize with a ki- serial killer, like you could empathize with their. Yeah their drive to oh my god I've done this and do you know when I've done it when I've done it when watching shows like Orange is the New Black oh like they have this great ability for you to empathise with characters that are you know oh an anti-hero complete criminals yeah yeah and like some of them are like some of them you do empathise with because they're in jail for really unfortunate reasons Mm -hmm. like for example yeah, they dealt drugs, but they did it because they had to, like, pay, like, all these fees for their kids' school or something, and they didn't have any money. Right. So that's, like... You can empathise with, with bad people. But that's maybe... 
even a good case because if if you're able to understand like the social disadvantage that somebody has that drives them into a particular position or like mm. if one if your understanding of one person's situation kind of enables you to understand more broadly a societal sector okay so there was mm. like that weird Heineken ad recently have you seen that Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. What was it? Well, okay, so the the premise was basically that um, there were people with two different opposing viewpoints and they, like, yeah. didn't know each other beforehand and they just go in and they, like, help construct this, this bar and then they sit there with a, and they have the option. Um, they kind of, like, talk to each other and then they get the beer and then they, like, have their video played in which they're, like, you know, like, transphobic versus, like, a trans person. Um, and then they oh, have the option of they... sitting down and talking to each other or walking away. And because they've had this, like, shared experience of building the thing, they all sit down and talk to each other. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Which That's is, such a cool experiment. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's crap because it's, you know, like, selling things. But it's kind of interesting because that's probably like an example of empathy with one person based on shared experience is kind of like yeah. leading you to be able to embrace a broader thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So in that way, empathy is good. Yeah. Okay. Or empathy for one person. Sorry. Empathy for one person, yeah. yeah. Let's quickly um, jump to um, the idea of is it possible to run out of empathy? Mm. Is like it a, a finite resource like fossil fuels? Like, are we going to run out one day? <laughs> because I think that the media has like a way to desensitize us from um, things that we should feel empathy for. So I wonder one day if like we'll just be so desensitized from like yeah. hearing things in the media that we'll just not feel empathy anymore. Yeah. Potentially. It's it's possible. Yeah. And there was a great example that you said, although I'm wondering now if this is more a choice, but is it possible to empathise with someone in a position of more privilege than you? Yeah, that was something that I was wondering about, which is kind of... Because I was thinking of that maybe in the context of Hollywood, where they will, mm. you know, have a have a heterosexual white couple in a romance movie, but it's supposed to be kind of like a universal thing that yeah, people like, can relate to and put themselves yeah. within so maybe <sighs> I don't know like I feel like these days when I watch a movie or a show that's just white and heterosexual mm. I am um, I don't relate and I don't empathize to anything but I wonder if that's just me being like cynical in my old age no I think that's because I don't relate well I think we've transitioned to awareness of that privilege. And I think once you become aware of that privilege, you're less able to empathize with it or with the situation mm. that those people are in. Because I'm the so same. Like a, now. Because it's like not even like a choice, it's just like innate. Like I just instantly no, don't even care. Yeah. Me too. But I didn't used to be yeah. like that because I wasn't I didn't realize that this was the thing that I was being trained into. Ah, so maybe that's how we run out of empathy. Yeah, self-awareness. Social awareness. I did want to touch briefly on, like, I know we don't have much time left, but, like, empathy in politics and decision-making because, like, it's so huge at the moment. Like, I feel like the the problem with, like, refugees and immigrants and this whole trend of so many countries now that are suddenly turning, like, 
Inward. Away. Yeah, inward. Like, they're turning away from everyone mm. and embracing their country. And, like, America's like, we're only going to look after America. And even Australia's been like that for years, but, like, more so now. Mm. And heaps of countries are doing it. Like, they're, like, Brexit and the EU. Is there a way that we could... Is there something else that we could use instead of empathy in, in politics? What was I thinking? Compassion? Compassion is kind of linked to empathy, right? Yeah, but it's less putting yourself in their shoes and more I can see that that's a bad situation, maybe. Or I would like and to I help make you. make it better. Yeah. yeah, well, I would say that compassion is probably... Or sympathy would be, like, more proactive and less yeah, reactive, so. maybe. But compassion is a different thing to talk about. Like, we could discuss that in the same way that we discuss empathy. Yeah. But is there anything else, like, reasoning, like... Um, like cold hard deliberation Mm. I guess that's kind of what politics is at the moment Mm. yeah it well is it it's kind of more heated and passionate than reasoned at the moment in terms of like that nationalist pride coming actually yeah I guess you're right there's this quote by um Alan Alan Ginsberg I think it is and he says I don't think that there are any truths there's just points of view well yeah well that's basically my whole (laughs) (laughs) that is probably a good place to end (laughs) it's basically my whole thesis oh yeah (laughs) let's just stop now before you get too carried away well it actually is it's like embodiment embodied experience okay yep no that's the end okay good chat good chat